Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Well, hey, let's dive right into tonight. Anybody remember or know what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights? Been talking about prayer. That's what we used to be talking about. We kind of made a shift. It still applies, yeah. But we've been talking about the... <laughs> no, it's all right. We did make a transition and kind of connect them, so I could see where you could say that. Uh, but we've been talking about the glory of God. We've been talking about the glory. And from that, we talked about how... In prayer, as we were talking about prayer, that understanding what the glory of God is, it will help make prayer more desirable, more expectant, and really just more tangible in the sense that we're really communicating with God. And so what is the glory of God? We said that the glory of God, uh, from the Old Testament stand, uh, standpoint or definition, really just means heavy. To try to find a word that really explains what the glory means, they just translated it as heavy or the presence of God. And maybe you understand that because you've experienced it, maybe you've been in church. But when I say heavy, not that there's this heavy, depressing sensation, but it's just this heaviness of just the presence of God that's on you. Are you following what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, God is moving in the earth and he's doing some phenomenal things. And God is revealing his glory. And we're going to go a little bit further tonight. But, you know, I just, I'm excited about what God's doing in America and around the world. Because you realize that there used to be just a great heart for God in the U.S. And the U.S. was known to be the greatest evangelistic nation to sending missionaries around the world to teach people about Jesus. And that has since no longer been the case. It's flip-flopped. In fact, missionaries are now being sent to America to teach us about Jesus. In fact, anybody know who Reinhard Bonnke is? I mean, he used to be overseas in Africa. I mean, he would have crusades. He would have meetings where there would be over a million people in attendance. And he said, God moved it on his heart to say, go to America. And so, man, I'm telling you what, God is really shifting some things to where he's coming back soon. But before he comes, he's going to come back with fireworks. He's coming back with a great display. He's coming back for a glorious church that's full of his glory. And I was, I can't remember the pastor's name, but he's over in, I think it's in Nigeria. His church. Now listen, think about this church. Think about this church in the U.S. Let's think about this church in America. Their church has four different wings off of it. Their church is kind of like in the round, you know what I'm talking about? Where the podium and the worship and all that and the platform is right in the middle. This way, 50,000 chairs. This way, 50,000 chairs. This way, 50,000 This way, 50,000. And all around the platform, another 40 or 50,000. How many is that? 250,000. Can you imagine a church, 
that big. It is unfathomable to the mind to think of a church that big. I mean, can you imagine that many people coming together that are hungry for God? That are just saying, God, we want you. The Bible says that if two agree touching anything, they have what they ask. You got 250,000 that's calling on God. And you talk about old time Bible church. I mean, you're talking about a great move of God. Amen. And so God's moving in these times that we're living in. And as I said, talking about the glory of God and really what the glory of God is, really the manifested presence of God. If you remember the last couple of weeks, we've just been sharing the scripture as to what the glory looked like and what it was in the Old Testament. And we said this, that if we're really ever going to begin to experience really the presence of God, we've got to know what it looks like and we've got to know how to, for the lack of a better word, provoke it. Or how do you get God to show up? Right? How do you get God to show up? And the Bible tells us that we can stir him to actually show up. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So is God ever willing to not show up? Oh no, he's always willing. So we've got to learn how do we stir God's heart for him to say, oh, I can't stay, I can't stay away. I gotta go to church this morning. I gotta go hang out with those people. Oh man, they're in their car just worshiping me. Oh, I wanna show up and just spend time with them, right? So we've gotta begin to learn how that happens. And so, again, just to help us understand, in fact, if you will, turn in your Bibles to James chapter 5. We won't get there for just a minute, but at least you'll have your place there. James chapter 5. We said this as we began to look at what the glory was. One, we said it was the presence of God, or we could say the presence of the Holy Spirit. You may have heard it in terms like this, that it's the anointing. Again, I know that there's some that would say, I don't understand what those terminologies are, and maybe it's a little bit churchy in terms, but maybe you've heard it said like, man, the anointing was strong in the service today, or that minister was really anointed. And really what it's talking about is just the presence of, Or the power of God. Once again, the glory of God is defined as the power of God. As I said already, the heaviness of God. We also said that when it came to its demonstration, if you will. The Bible said in the Old Testament that when the presence or the glory of God showed up. Oftentimes it says that it showed up in the cloud. Or that there was a cloud that was manifested. And actually there's a term for it and it's called the Shekinah glory. So in other words... The glory of God in the Old Testament many times showed up in the form or the fashion of a cloud. The Bible also says that it shows up in the form of light or even fire. And so once again, giving a explanation of the display of what the Bible talked about, the glory of God. Now... As we began to read some of what we looked at last week and some that we'll look at today. When the glory showed up, it always changed somebody or had results, if you will. So what was the results when the glory or the presence of God showed up? Well, one, the Bible tells us this, that when the glory showed up, people's countenance actually changed. Remember, we talked about Moses. When Moses went up into the presence of God, he just lit up like a light bulb. He lit up so much like a light bulb, they had said, put a, put a bag over your head, man. You're blinding us. 
I mean, can you imagine it? You know, uh, he goes to bed at night and his wife, she says, you know, can you turn the light out? He said, I did turn the light out. She said, well, put the pillow over your head, man. I can't sleep. You know, it's so bright in here. So his countenance was changed. And again, there's different examples or different uh, uh, times that we see when the glory or the presence of God showed up, people's countenance changed. Have you ever been in the presence of God personally where all of a sudden your heart started melting? And then you left that encounter with God, that service, maybe that time of prayer, that time of worship. Maybe it was in your car and you just felt different because of the presence of God. Maybe you were ready to chew somebody up one side and down the other. And all of a sudden God's presence showed up and you're like, you know what? I got a purpose to forgive rather than, you know, right? So their countenance was changed. Also, we see at different times, it says that the Bible, when it comes to the, the, the temple or the tabernacle, or really the church in the Old Testament, it says that the ministers or the priests were unable to minister. So it wasn't for the sake of, like say, protocol, saying, well, the glory of God's here, so we're just not going to do anything and we're not going to minister. No, literally... They could not minister because of the presence of God. It was so strong that they were unable to physically minister because God's presence was there. In other examples that we shared with you last week, uh, we saw that when the, the presence of God showed up, it says that people couldn't stand in the presence of God. Now, I know you've all maybe been in those circumstances or been in those services or maybe you've talked about them or somebody's told you about them or maybe laughed about them or made fun of them. Oh, you know, there's in a church service and I saw people falling down on the floor. Right? Well, the Bible says that when the presence of God or the glory of God or the power of God is in demonstration, the physical man isn't able to necessarily or at times can't stand in the presence of God. And it says that they fell down. You know what I'm talking about. In fact, do you remember? You say, well, I don't know about that. You remember Jesus? Jesus was in the garden just before he was ready to go to the cross. He was there with his disciples. And then all the soldiers came. And the soldier says, we're looking for Jesus. And Jesus says, yeah, you found him. And at him saying, I'm the guy you were looking for. The Bible says that the glory of God showed up and all the soldiers fell as dead men. Now, it didn't say that they were dead. They just fell as dead men. Now, come on. Be honest with me. I mean, I'm as proud as any prideful man can be. And you ain't going to knock me down if I'm not going to go down. You know what I mean? Especially if I'm a soldier. I mean, I'm a bad dude. I'm a soldier in the Roman army. So if I'm going to be macho, if there ever is going to be somebody going to be macho, it's going to be me because I'm a soldier, right? So you can be sure that they didn't just see one guy fall over and say, oh, well, I guess that's the thing to do. <laughs> no, it was because of the presence, the power or the heaviness of God. You know what I'm talking about? Now, once again, you may say, I don't necessarily get that. Well, let me ask you this. We're, we're a spirit being, but we live in a mortal fleshly body, right? right? What do you think if God was to show up in all of his glory, all of his power, all of who he was right now, what do you think you would do? Being a mere physical, natural man in the presence of almighty God. Do you think you could stand? Huh. 
Now, better make sure you got your act together too. You just might burn up, you know, just if you got too many. Th- <laughs> See a fried potato chip over here. It's like, whoo, I guess they really had a lot of stuff going on we didn't know about. <laughs> uh, uh, but <laughs> anyways. When we see the presence of God showing up, the glory of God showing up, the power of God showing up, the Bible says that people were healed because of his presence, because of his power. And so once again, what can we begin to expect when God shows up? Are we looking for spooky, kooky, and weird? Absolutely not. I'm just saying that God wants to be real. We have been in such... Just a dark place, man. We have been in a place where we've had our heads in the sand, just living life and just doing our own thing. And God says, I want to do life with you. I want to know you. I want you to know me. I want to be real. And if the Old Testament, we see that men knew God and that the presence of God showed up in a real way. And and every time we looked at it last week, and again, we're going to look at some scriptures in a moment. But it says that they saw the glory of God. That the glory of God appeared unto all. So if they were able to see it and experience it. And that was in the Old Testament before Jesus ever came. And Jesus said, you have now a better covenant with better promises. And I have now given you the Holy Spirit to to experience personally. Then why in the world would we ever think that what they had back then was just for them. And that we don't have it as good as they did. God is never in the position of moving backwards and removing from us. The Bible is always progressive and God is progressive in his revelation and wanting us to be be able to experience him in a real way. So that means God is going to become even more real as the time approaches of, of his coming. In fact, let me give you an example. Remember, the Bible says this. It says, as as sin abounds, how much more does the glory of God abound? When we look at Noah, or the story of Noah, remember the Bible says that the, the, the world was wicked, and as a result, he flooded the earth. The flood actually represents the flood of the Holy Spirit. There's a flood that's coming. There's an outpouring that's coming. There's a rain that's coming, and it's the presence, the power, the glory of God. Why? Because God says, hey, listen, as the time gets closer to the end, sin is going to abound, but how much more my glory? Amen. Amen. Meaning that, yeah, it's going to look bad. It's going to get rough. Times are going to get dark. But God is going to be so much more real to those that are hungry and those that want to know God. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So, if you will, look in your Bibles. To James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Verse 7. It says. Therefore be patient brethren. Until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Waiting patiently for it. Until it receives the early. And the latter rain. King James says the former and the latter rain. So there has a parallel here. He's talking about or making a parallel of natural things 
how there is the former rain that comes, but there's a latter rain that will come. And it says that the farmer is waiting for the latter rain or the season of the latter rain so that they can have or receive the precious fruit that they've planted and waited for. The parallel is, or what God is really saying, is that the freshest fruit, the freshest fruit, the freshest, precious fruit of the earth is souls. And he says, there is, there was a former rain, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but the latter rain is coming, and the fruit, or the precious fruit of the earth is souls. And that's what God is saying, I'm coming for people. And there's an outpouring, there is a latter rain that's coming, and the fruit that we are going to begin to expect and begin to see, to see is people coming into the kingdom of God. I mean, we can come to church all day long and have a bless me club and say, wasn't it good to hang out? Wasn't it good to come to church? Didn't the worship team just do a great job? Oh, I just pat myself on the back. I have just a good church. Oh, I just love my church. Oh, it's just great. Kumbaya. But if we never see anybody receiving Christ, what difference does it make? What have we done? What have we come together for other than just getting fat and happy and saying, well, just preach to me, pastor, and I'll just go home and do my own thing. The whole purpose for us to come and grow is to do the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry is to go out and get the harvest, meaning people, right? And so he says, the latter rain's coming. So what's the former rain? The former rain is actually what we see in Acts chapter 4 verse 2. Or Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Where it says it was the day of Pentecost. When God poured out his spirit. And it says on that day the church was birthed. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. Right? So in the Old Testament. The only person that could personally experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. Individually was the priest, the prophet or the king. Because God anointed them specifically for purposes. But Jesus came and upon receiving Christ. The Bible says now you're all priests. And he says I've given the Holy Spirit to everyone. Once you become born again. And there is an outpouring or an infilling that you can receive of the Holy Spirit. And he says when you receive that he says you'll be empowered. Come on we talked about the power that comes with God or the Holy Spirit. You'll be empowered to be witnesses. What's a witness mean? It means that you'll begin to tell people about me. And it says that there was such an, uh, an outpouring and such a stirring at this birthing of the church that people are saying, what is all this noise? What's going on? What's all this crazy business? And Peter stood up and says, this was, this was what was, uh, which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. This is what you now see and you hear is what he told. This is the rain that was coming. And the Bible says that the church was added to. The Bible says in one account, they preached the gospel. They told people about Jesus because the church had now been birthed. And one day, 5,000 people came into the church. And another account says 3,000 came. Come on, I know if I'm the pastor and I'm saying, God, I want to see increase in GVC. I want to see more people. I want to see people filling these chairs. If I'm thinking that, then I know there's times when you're looking around saying, well, where's everybody at? So naturally speaking, our heart and our desire is to see people come and be in church. And we desire to see growth. 
But isn't it so easy to get kind of complacent in our day-to-day just being selfish and doing our own thing? What if one day, in fact, let me just say this. I don't really know what's going on. But with our church website, uh, Matt, he was just telling me today we had a meeting and he said that there are at least 50 new visits each week. And it's been happening for the last few weeks. And they're called unique visits. Don't know why. My Facebook feed, I have been getting about five new friend requests a day. People that I don't know. They're Christian people. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? For about the last four days, five days, about every day, at least five or more people saying, hey, will, will you be a friend? Will you be a friend? What's going on? I don't know. But I know God is moving and God's doing something at GVC. What would happen if 3,000 people showed up on a given Sunday? Seriously. <laughs> We'd be crowded. I can tell you one thing. We'd all be going around like. Right? Because we don't think in terms that way. We get so complacent and live in our own life. But what if. And not the fact that it is what if. But God is moving and God is stirring and God is pouring out a spirit. When they come, will we be ready? To the expectation and to the desire of our heart as to say, God pouring out a spirit and people saying, I want Jesus. God's moving. I was talking with Jody just uh, before service started. There was a guy that we went to school with and just about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, he got in a severe car accident, broke both of his legs, broke his back. He was in the hospital. And you've seen Facebook posts of him recovering and getting better. And finally they showed the Facebook post where he was going home. I think he was home for either a day or two days. And then next day, Greg died. Don't know how yet. But I just, it just stirred so much in my heart. People get ready. People come to God. Because you don't know when your last moment to breathe your last will be. People need Jesus. And listen, it's not not enough just to say, well, I believe. There's all kinds of people that say they believe and go to hell. It's those that receive Christ into their heart. That's what we're here for. We're the hope of the world. And God wants to meet people where they're at. Come on, I'm tired of just living a superficial Christian life. I want the real deal. And that's what people are hungry for, the real deal with God. God's real. And God actually wants us to live a supernatural life. What what does that mean? A supernatural life is where God is real and where we just expect God to be God. And you may say, "What what does that look like? It just means that God takes your natural and puts his super on your natural. And therefore, rather than somebody you know that says, well, how are you living life? Well, just living naturally. Just doing the natural thing. How are you doing? Well, I'm living naturally, but I'm living it super. How are you living it super? Because of God. I know God. Everything's super. You mean you don't have a bad day? Oh, sure. I have bad days that come. I just choose to live the supernatural side of it. Well, how can you do that? It looks bad, don't it? Yeah, it looks bad. But it's super because I'm seeing it with God's help. Well, are you just 
You just, you, you just putting it on? Yeah, I'm just, just acting like God's real. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. That's how God desires for us to live. As though he's there. And to genuinely have a relationship with him. Amen? All right, what time we got? Whew, all right, praise the Lord. <laughs> Can you all just take work off tomorrow and we'll just stay? <laughs> all right. Well, let me just go over a couple of verses here. We'll quickly go through these and, and we'll probably just wrap up with this for the sake of time tonight. But last week we went through series or several scriptures in the Old Testament that talked about the glory of God, defined it, what it looked like, what happened, what transpired. And I want to continue along those lines. And there's several that we're going to look at the, in the Old Testament and then we'll start looking into the New Testament. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. There's so many more that we could use, but I'm just kind of highlighting on a few. So if you want to take notes, you can. As to reference them later on, you, you can do that. All right, in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, it says, When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. They came into the church. They made a sacrifice. What's your sacrifice? Your worship. God, I worship you. And it says, as they did that, the presence of God was so strong, so filling the place that they couldn't even get in. Now, I know that seems odd to us hearing those kind of things, but I've actually heard stories, ministers that I know, that the presence of God was so strong in their church that as people started to come in their church doors, like say, for instance, our doors are back there. They walked into the auditorium or the sanctuary of the church, and as soon as they walked into the auditorium and the presence was so strong, they fell out under the power of God. The next person came in, went down. Next person came in, to where there was just a pile of people in the front of the door. Now you might say, well, that is just weird. Listen, I realize that there's a whole lot of things that we don't understand in the Bible. How about we just not put God in a box? And just say, okay, okay God, there's a whole lot that I just don't understand. Right? All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Psalms chapter 63 verse 2. It says, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary or in the church. So notice what it says, I look or I looked for you. So do you see that there is a faith side or there's a man side where we've got to be intentful to say, okay, God, I'm going to be hungry for you. It says, so I looked for, for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Did you see that the power and the glory go together? All right. Isaiah chapter six, verse four says, and the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. Again, from for, uh, uh, past references, smoke meaning the glory. Isaiah chapter 58, verse eight, it says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. So did you notice it says the that healing comes as a result of the glory. Isaiah 59 verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. 
when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And we talked about the flood. Now, I don't know if I'm right in this. In fact, uh, anybody know who Benny Hinn is? Benny Hinn taught me this. He said, there is no punctuation, there is no periods in the writing of the Old Testament or, or, or the Scripture. And so man has written or, or translated the Bible and put punctuation where they think that it goes. And he says, I choose to read it like this. And I just love the way that it says. So let me read it to you the way he said it. He says, when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. I like the way that is. Because it puts the emphasis on the bigness of God. The little pipsqueak enemy comes and starts messing with you. Like a flood, God comes in and says, what are you doing? You messing with my son or my daughter. Amen? <laughs> well, I guess it meant more to me than you. but <laughs> I just like that. All right. Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2. Arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Upon you. His presence, his power, his presence, his anointing will be seen on you. Come on. Have you had that experience already? You may not have known how to define it, but people are like, what's different about you? You've changed. Gosh. I was talking, was it you? Yeah, I think it was you. You was talking about the women at work. Says, you know, they look at her and they just say, oh, you're just real religious. Because, man, it bothers me when they call me religious. But what they're doing is they're recognizing the God in her. And therefore, when they say certain things, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, why are they changing the way they act around her? Because something's on her. Something is real. There's a conviction in them. Oh, we got a religious. No, it's just a God person filled with the presence of God. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28. It says, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on the rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. That was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 23 it says, So I arose and went out into the plains and behold the glory of the Lord stood there like the glory which I saw by the river Chebar and I fell on my face. Ezekiel 10 verse 4. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the Chebar and paused over the threshold of the temple. And the house was filled with the cloud and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. Are you seeing that in the Old Testament, it's relating the tabernacle, the temple, the house of God, and it being full of God's presence. So much so that it was tangible and people were aware of God being there. How many times do we come to church scratching our head and saying, was God even there today? Or if God was, didn't even know it. Come on, I'm telling you what, God, if God really showed up sometimes the way that I, I would desire him, people would be flipping out. <laughs> Amen. All right. So let me give you a couple of New Testament scriptures before we, we send you on your way. 
All right. Here's some references speaking of Jesus. Now, we've been talking about the presence and the power of God. But when Jesus came, we've defined this before or talked about this extensively in different times before. And for some of you that are new, this, this might mess with your religious brain. And that's okay. I like messing with religi- religiosity. Is that a word? <laughs> All right. For me. I like messing with tradition of thinking of men. But so oftentimes when it comes to Jesus, we think Jesus was Jesus. That's why Jesus did everything that he did. But the Bible tells us, and we don't have time to go into this. Jesus was the Son of God. And yes, he was God. But he was 100% man. So Jesus did not do things because he was Jesus He did things because he was Jesus, the son of man, anointed by God. And you say, well, wait a minute now, that messes with my thinking. Listen, if he was doing it because he was God, he would have done it when he was two years old. He would have done it when he was 10 years old. He would have done it when he was 15. But the Bible says he did not do anything until he was baptized and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the glory came upon him when he was baptized. Remember, he says, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. And after then, that's when he began his earthly ministry and he began to function under the anointing. But he was still 100% man. And again, like I said, I can't go in for the sake of time. Okay? So Jesus being 100% man, you being 100% man, Let's look at what it says here in Matthew chapter 17. In verse 2 it says, And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as as the light. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. In the Old Testament, do you remember, we saw that the glory showed up like a cloud. So what was present? The glory or the presence of God. In that presence, the Bible said that Jesus' countenance changed. All right? So therefore, it starts leading us over into the side of the New Testament church. If the Old Testament said that people were experiencing the glory and the presence of God... Can you and I begin to expect God's presence? Yes, we can. In fact, I'll close with this. See if I can find it. In John, I believe it is. Let me just give me a second here and I'll see if I can find it. In John chapter 11, do you remember Lazarus had died and they sent for Jesus? To come. And when he showed up. He showed up. Just on time. But his on time was. When Lazarus had already died. But he already said. This is not unto death. But this will be. A demonstration. Of God's power. In fact if you remember. There was the crippled man. And his disciples asked him, he says, who sinned, him or his parents? And he said, neither. 
But it's for the glory or that the glory of God would be manifested. God never has made anybody sick, anybody poor. But He'll come up alongside of you and help you. And cause your life and your story to be an example and a testimony of God's presence. God's glory and God's love. And so Lazarus had died. And Jesus showed up and Mary said, Jesus, had you come early, he would have been alive. Here's what he says in John chapter 11, verse 40. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I want to see the glory of God. And what I mean by that is I just want to see God move in our church, become real. Please understand me. I'm not talking about being weird. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God being so real that people leave being changed. People leave with their bodies being healed because of the presence of God. People coming with a great expectation to where we can't not be at church. Come on, do you see the day? Do you see the day where the church doors are still locked on a Sunday morning, but people are lined up in the parking lot saying, I can't wait to get in there because the presence of God is there. Can't wait to get in there because when I get in there, my life is going to be changed. When I get in there, my body's going to be healed. When I get in there, my marriage is going to be healed. Because God's in there. That's what God's calling us to. That's the days that we're living in. The latter rain is on us now. It's raining. It might be just sprinkling right now, but it's raining. The latter rain is coming. The latter rain is here. The harvest is ready. People need Jesus. And that's why we're here. Amen. Come on, let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would stretch our hearts. You would expand our expectation. You would open the eyes of our understanding that, God, we would begin to see you and know you more clearly than ever before. God, I thank you that you're just putting in a hunger, a holy hunger on the inside of us that, God, we just can't do without you. That we want you. That we want to know you. We want to be with you. Oh, God, we thank you. Oh, we thank you. Yep, we thank you for those rough edges that are being chipped away. And that, Lord, we're becoming more like you. Oh, just simply because we're in your presence. (laughs) Oh, God, we thank you for the rain. And God, we don't want to just simply live naturally where God, we just put the umbrella up and just say, no, don't rain on me, Lord. No, God, saturate us. Saturate us from head to toe. God, we love you. We worship you. Thank you for what's coming. Thank you for what is here. And thank you for moving in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Well, just as Jesus said to Mary, He said, If you would believe, you'd see the glory. Expect to see the glory this week. At work, in your homes, in the grocery store. Amen. It'll be there. 
Amen. Well, you're dismissed. God bless you. media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.